The state of our union is strong. Here tonight, we have legislators from the snowy woods of Wisconsin. If I had not been elected president of the United States, we would right now, in my opinion, be in a major war with North Korea. Large, organized caravans are on the march to the United States. I have ordered another 3,750 troops to our southern border to prepare for this tremendous onslaught. So what is the state of our union? It's more amazing than it has ever been and is in total peril from this band of migrants on our southern border who are going to overrun our country and how great I've made it. Generally, I think on all of Donald Trump's speeches like this, a formal speech, which are not his thing. You know, he just likes to go out and ad lib and entertain people. And in this speech, he's supposed to be presidential, which he doesn't like to be. And he's not very good at it. Because he's just reading off the teleprompter. And there are all, all <laughs> sorts of words that his speechwriters use that you know he barely knows the meaning of. The bar for him is so low and the expectations are so low. The bar has <laughs> never been lower. Yeah. That beautiful low bar. That is it a bar or is it a wall or is it a fence <laughs> or is it a shrubbery? It's a tiny little wall for him to climb to do better than expected. Even though I didn't think it was a good speech, I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. I, I thought, thought he was more presidential than I thought he'd be. There were no terrible ad libs that started a new controversy in the Middle East or something like and that. And there were a couple of nice moments, too. There were. There were some nice, soft, fuzzy moments that we're going to talk about on Center Stage today, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford, the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands, the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. General impressions from the State of the Union, Phil. We watched it last night. My dogs were thoroughly bored. They were just laying on the couch. I was pretty bored, too. Uh, But then again, they don't usually pay much attention to TV. Other than there was this one show about Japanese dog groomers. They actually watched that one on the Nature Channel one day. But I thought he started off with these very presidential, almost monotone, reading the Kumbaya bipartisanship common good, we need to work together thing. He seemed almost like uninterested in it, like he had to say it. I think that's true. But that was fine. And then maybe the best parts of the speech for him were some of these guests. It's always best when he's not talking. (laughs) You had Buzz, who uh, planted the flag on the moon. Buzz Aldrin's just awesome, isn't he? He looked great. I have to say I had that one moment of Oh, he's still alive? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> American flag tie, and this guy's awesome. And he salutes the president, uh, which I appreciated. I don't like the president, but I thought that look was great. Yeah, it's and, a good look. And uh, you had the young, sweet, cute girl survive cancer. Yeah, and um, I'm glad that Donald Trump has taken a, a, a strong stand that he is opposed 
to cancer for children. Well, you know, it sounds like, and we're going to commit $500 million over the next 10 years to research. So that's basically $50 million a year, doesn't which the, is... Doesn't the Pentagon spend that on hammers for a single yeah, year? Yeah, that might be a toilet seat or two for the Pentagon. No. But it sounds good. And, of course, the D-Day vets. It's really interesting for this president to be highlighting the members of the greatest generation who basically saved the world from fascism and totalitarianism. And, you know, Trump's foreign policy is we want to go huddle in America and take care of ourselves first. And that's not what we did during World War II. We saved the world. We got involved and we saved the world. Yeah, but then we came home and we had the magical 50s when I think is the era Trump wants to go back to and make America great again, when there were plentiful blue-collar jobs. That's sort of that golden era that I think he dreams it was of. He's going to take America back to. It was a great it. time if you were a white man. And, of course, then he wants to be pro-military and he wants to project that. In our current state of affairs, we're scared to stand up for human rights abuses across the world and cozying up to dictators and stuff like that. To, talk up, to, to bring up the greatest generation is sort of... It's jarring to me. So he started off kind of blah and bipartisan, without any feeling. Victory is not winning for our party. Victory is winning for our country. We must reject the politics of revenge, resistance, and retribution, and embrace the boundless potential of cooperation, compromise, and the common good. Eventually, though, in the speech, he did get to some classic Trump controversy and absurdism. Like, you know, he started bragging about the boom and the hottest economy anywhere in the world, not even close. And he starts stepping back and turning to the side and lifting his chin and getting all Mussolini on how awesome and great he is. An economic miracle is taking place in the United States. And the only thing that can stop it are foolish wars, politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. Well, the economy is actually doing pretty well. And yeah. if Trump would just focus on how well he's made the economy, he'd probably be doing much better in the polls than he generally does because there's a lot of good things to talk about. Now, now economists would debate whether this, any of this is Trump's doing or whether it's mm-hmm. residuals from the Obama years or just the global economy rising and lifting all ships. Yeah. But Trump's got a good talking point. After the kumbaya spiel at the beginning, then he got into the economic stuff. And it was. It was probably the best part of the speech. You had Democrats sort of begrudgingly, I guess I got to stand up on this one. I guess it's good that fewer people are unemployed than ever before. (laughs) He did pull a Scott Walker. I don't know if you caught that, Phil. More people are working now than at any time in the history of our country, 157 million people at work. More people are employed in the United States than ever in the history of our country because there are more people in the United States than ever in the history of our country. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. He learned that one from uh, Walker. He didn't mention Foxconn. (laughs) No, he didn't. He did bring up the 
snowy woods of Wisconsin. At the very end, yeah. I knew he was going to do that when he started ticking off states because all signs point to he's got to win Wisconsin in 2020 if he's going to be reelected. Because it doesn't look like – I think Wisconsin's an easier win for him than either Pennsylvania or Michigan. Like The governor's race in Michigan was not close. Like yeah. We had a squeaker here in Wisconsin, but in Michigan, the Democrat won – I mean, devastatingly. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a rout of Republicans in, in Michigan. After the economy, he kind of was able to segue nicely into his favorite topic: demonizing immigrants. <laughs> yeah, year after year, countless Americans are murdered by criminal, illegal aliens. Trump brings in, uh, you know, this family whose parents or, and grandparents and great grandparents were murdered by this legal immigrant a couple uh-huh. days ago. Which is horrible and, and sad. Yeah. But we, we, we had a situation in Wisconsin where a guy just murdered two people and abducted their daughter and kept her hidden away for months on end. We're not going to go, and this guy was white, we're not going to go crack down on all white people because one white guy did a horrible, heinous crime. Much less rural white people <laughs> yeah. who voted for Trump. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous to so, sort of say, well, we're going to crack down this entire population because... One guy was a criminal. None of the lawmakers along the southern border in the House, regardless of what party they're from, favor the wall. No, no. (laughs) But Pelosi at one point, did you see, she held up her hand like, now, now, now. Members of the well, house don't, you know, it don't groan. Nobody at this. looks good when you boo the president. And we learned that from was it was it Joe Wilson who shouted yeah. out, "You lied to President Barack Obama." Yeah. On the one hand, he talks about you know walls work and walls save lives, but his examples are El Paso and San Diego, and it's like these super urban places that have walls and uh, and. Yeah, we built walls in urban places, and they do work there, and they stop people from crossing. But what he's talking about is putting a wall out in the desert. Yeah. There's no question that some people cross illegally, or more likely they come here on a visa and stay illegally Yeah, uh, beyond their visa. That's actually the real problem. Um, some of them do commit crimes. Some of them might run somebody over. Some of them might murder somebody. Drive but, drunk or something yeah, like that. But it's at way lower rate than the rest of us who are here legally. Yeah. Now he talks about, you know, taxing our school districts. But if you talk, if you go to some rural districts in Wisconsin, especially in the farming communities, the schools are only op- still open because there's immigrant children going to those schools. You know, otherwise there wouldn't be enough enrollment to, to, to keep the schools open. And the other thing that frustrates me is he talks about how what we really, really like are legal immigrants, but he wants to cut legal immigration. Oh, yeah. So if we love them so much and that's the way we're supposed to do it, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that, but how are we supposed to get more people to come in legally if we're going to let less of them in legally? It doesn't work out that way. No, but that's that's his preferred policy. They Earlier in the speech, the Republicans started chanting USA, USA over some red meat Republican thing. Well, the Democratic women started chanting USA, USA when he talked about more women elected to Congress than ever before. And that was kind of a fun moment. That was my favorite part. I, I, I mean, and the fact that Trump encouraged that moment and made yeah. that moment happen, I thought was the highlight of the speech for me. And it makes you realize that you hear this from people that know Donald Trump that he is a nice guy. Oh, yeah. And he's and a, he, he's a, he's a, he can you know, be funny. He's funny and he's yeah. 
great conversationalist and charming and stuff like that. And that that came through in that little snippet of time. Don't sit yet. You're going to like this. (laughs) And exactly one century after Congress passed the constitutional amendment giving women the right to vote, we also have more women serving in Congress than at any time before. You weren't supposed to do that. (laughs) Thank you very much. That totally lightened the mood. And then they all sang happy birthday to the... That was a survivor of the synagogue massacre. Oh, yeah. Was all as long as we're all happy, shiny people here on, on on this speech. All of a sudden, when we got to that fun part, I did actually have a short list of things I liked. Oh, let's hear the short yeah. list. This year, American astronauts will go back to space on American rockets. That's a good thing. I like that. I noticed that even Tammy Baldwin stood up and applauded on that. Ooh, she also applauded on. I think the. Uh, Made in America legislation oh, or I something. Did, I think yeah. she got some shout out that on that. Protectionist, yeah. anti-trade stuff. Yeah, she was all for that. But anyway, she was enthusiastically uh, applauding. Do you think she does? Tammy think we're going to build the rockets here in Wisconsin? Do you think that's why <laughs> maybe she's that's a, why? Yeah, the criminal justice reform thing was great. I mean, a, he, yeah, it's 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 so overdue, and I'm glad somebody's doing it, right? Yeah, and as you noted in one of your uh, cartoons last night, you were live tuning the State of the Union. Uh, Trump should be especially happy about that because he's reforming the criminal justice system before he enters it, right? That's right. <laughs> there was one moment where he said global, and I thought, oh, my God, he's going to mention global warming. And he said global freeloading, <laughs> which is people not paying for uh, NATO and such. NATO, yeah. As much as I think Trump has been wrong to question our uh, alliances overseas, it's really good that he's getting NATO countries to actually pay their way for, yeah. the, for, the, for the military defense. Yeah, it used to be American leaders were more concerned about the ramifications around the globe than they were about money. Trump is way more concerned about money than he is about any ramifications around the world. And not being taken advantage of or looking like a sucker. When it comes to money. Yeah. Eliminate HIV in 10 years? Sure. I'd love that. That'd be awesome. That sounds good. I mean, the medicine's super expensive. Let's bring that cost down. He did a shout-out for his daughter's idea of paid family leave. Which is a great idea. Which we still, I guess, they haven't passed. It's a great talking point. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, is her husband, Jared, is he like the most scrubbed man on the planet? Squeaky clean? Yeah, just like there's not a whisker or a millimeter of him that isn't precisely prepared. Well, he's like 18 years old, so he probably can't grow (laughs) facial hair. I did like when he said, great nations do not fight endless wars. That's true. That's a good that's a good good point. And I did like the Snowy Woods of Wisconsin shout out. Um, Wow, that's about it. (laughs) Somehow two years ago. Our military had been decimated, according to Trump, the candidate. Now, somehow, we have the greatest, by far, military on the planet, 
and we are going to outspend and out-innovate everybody. I'm thinking, man, we've been outspending people for eons on military spending. That's nothing new. And nowhere in the speech, and by the way, the Democrats didn't mention it either in their response, mentioned that the debt is going up, 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 up. We're spending, 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 and our kids are going to have to pay more and more debt. It is sort of, there's this weird... um I would call it incongruency, or it doesn't make sense that we're, you know, Trump wants to pull back on our military force across the globe, but also spend way more on the military. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like if we're going to be pulling back, which I'm not necessarily opposed to that, we don't need to be yeah. spending more money on the military then. Yeah. We should have state-of-the-art technology. We should have, you know, but we, do we need to have a, a force that is, a military force that is as huge as it is right now, if we're going to be pulling back, which I think is a good idea. Yeah, but you basically had a Republican president standing up and forcefully saying, we're going to outspend everybody uh, on the planet, and there's a hurrah, hurrah. Nobody right now in Congress seems to care one penny about all the debt we're racking up for our kids. Debt is only a crisis when the Democrats do it. At another point, he called uh, the catastrophe known as NAFTA, and then he reminded Congress, "Oh yeah, we well, still got to pass my deal, yeah. NAFTA two or whatever NAFTA it's called." Two, yeah, it's... I had kind of forgotten. Oh yeah, they still haven't passed that. We're we still are operating under NAFTA. We sure are. Yeah. And what's going on, Phil? Our economy is the greatest of all time. Hired six hundred thousand manufacturing yeah, jobs, but. We're under NAFTA, and it's a catastrophe. And his new trade deal is is the same as NAFTA. It's just yeah. it's a different name. Unions taught people who worked in manufacturing facilities for 20 years that NAFTA was a dirty term yeah. and the reason their jobs had gone away. And so you just change the name of the trade deal, and all of a sudden everything's better. Tammy Baldwin and Mark Pocan, they're arm-in-arm arm with uh, Trump on that. By the way, we, this morning's newspaper, Wednesday morning, we had a we did have an editorial about trade basically endorsing this proposal by Ron Kind of La Crosse and Mike Gallagher of Green Bay, bipartisan team. Are they moderates? They are. <laughs> They're those so nasty <laughs> moderates that nobody likes other than me and Phil Hands in our editorial board. And a majority of the country. Yeah. But nobody in Congress likes them because no. they're just these. They're, they're traitors. Oh, they're not yeah. true believers. But in any case, we endorse their bill to pull some power back from Trump so that when he claims that Canada sending a, selling us aluminum is a national security risk, the Defense Department actually gets to decide if that is a security risk and Congress gets to vote on it. Yeah. In the speech, I think he did a shout out to the Sean Duffy bill, Republican from Wausau. Oh, yeah. Who wants to go the other way and give Trump more power to willy nilly apply and take off tariffs. Tonight, I am also asking you to pass the United States Reciprocal Trade Act so that if another country places an unfair tariff on an American product, we can charge them the exact same tariff on the exact same product that they sell to us. The good news on that is, according to Politico, that bill is dead. Oh, good. And we mentioned that in the paper today, too, in our editorial. One of the fun things about the State of the Union, which used to be more fun when Paul Ryan from Janesville was sitting behind the president because you could 
you know, you could watch every reaction. Are they, you know, they're going to roll their eyes? Are they going to applaud? Are they standing? Are they not? What are they doing? So we have this new combination now of Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi. And I thought it was just a funny kind of combination. They seem to say nothing to each other. I mean, Ryan and and uh, Joe Biden used to banter, oh, yeah, yeah. banter a little bit and kind of nudge and say, you know, these two seem to interact almost zero. And then Pelosi's got his speech, and she keeps flipping through the pages, sort yeah. of like saying, my God, how much longer is this going to be? It was a long speech. It was like an hour and a half, wasn't it? Not it, quite. That was like Bill Clinton long. Yeah. I will say Mike Pence, when he's he's looking so like like adoringly at Donald yeah. Trump, but he's also kind of looking at us, and I get uncomfortable. It's like I don't I don't like somebody looking at me that way, unless it's my wife. He had he has this practiced thing where whenever he's behind Trump, he has this slight, you know, he gets this seriousness in his eyes, and he gets this on expression on his face. Where it's sort of like, this is a great man we are and listening to. And I'm being to. moved emotionally by what he's saying right now. Yeah, and, and his eyes squint a little. So deep. And he has this just subtle nod like, my God, this man is a descendant of God. Yeah. You know, and kind of, But the one point where he kind of was like, oh, boy, oh, shucks, this is great, was when uh, Trump mentioned that the guy who had gotten out of prison had done Bible studies oh, in prison. Yeah, yeah. And boy, did he... Did he get jolly on that one? Yeah, sure Mike did. Pence did. And then I was thinking, you know who really needs some Bible studies lessons? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. That's yeah. right. We could get this guy to tutor him. Where in the Bible does it say it's okay to pay off your, your porn stars and playmate mistresses with with hush money? <laughs> I did notice Donna Shalala. Oh, you know, I didn't see her on the feed. Yeah, I, she was, she was, she she's was, so short, you she can't was see her. She was in the back. Yeah, she was behind. <laughs> How did you ever see her? I don't it's know. Like four I, feet tall. I just, you know, there's a sea of women in white, and I can say, hey, there's a little little one right there. And what was she, was she, how did she look? Was she happy? Was she sad? I think, she, I don't remember ex- exactly what moment I saw her in, but she was clapping. I think it might have been that women's moment, and she was clapping jovially. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Another Wisconsin connection was Stacey Abrams, who gave the response. Did, oh, yeah. Did you right. watch that? I did watch her response. Okay. She's the uh, Democratic African-American woman from Georgia who almost became governor there but lost, and the Democrats picked her to do the response. She grew up in Madison when she was a little girl. I hear she's running for Senate. That's that's the that's, that's the, why they're putting her out there. Yeah, it's the scuttlebutt is that she's going to run for Senate twenty twenty. And they had to be careful about who else they'd put out there because the Democrats have a hundred people running for president. Yeah, you can't, you pick, can't pick one of the candidates. Yes, yeah, so you had to pick somebody that you know is not running for president because they just lost because they're a loser. loser. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought. Did you watch that? Yeah, I watched. Her. I thought she did all right. I thought starting off by wishing everybody a happy Lunar New Year was like what? That is a weird thing to do. We got to give her credit. She brought up redistricting. She did. Uh, so, you know, we don't want the politicians picking their voters. So I like that. And she brought up the gun issue, which, interestingly enough, you know, Trump didn't go to you rah rah guns. He did not. No. Well, um, he, he just banned bump stocks too. So maybe. he could have. Yeah, he could have touted that, but it, I, maybe the NRA doesn't like that. No, I don't think they do. Now, by the way, you can listen to us blather on about this State of the Union, but a lot more fun than that would be to go see Phil Han's slideshow of it. So, Phil, you just off the cuff do quick sketches while you're watching the State of the Union, yeah, right? Yeah, instantaneously. Like, you know, I don't 
work on making it look like people or even spelling words correctly. Just, you know, trying to draw as quickly as I can and, and make little jokes about what's what's being said during the speech. It's fun. And you did how many? A dozen? I think I did 14, I think was what it, what it was this, this time around. So yeah. 14, 14 in about an hour and 30 minutes. So, you know. So if you want to see them, type on your computer or your handheld device, go.madison.com slash slideshow. It was funny. But a lot of these aren't editorial cartoons. It's just sort of my riff on the exact moment in time. The one that I thought was that made me giggle the most was probably when Trump was saying, it could be a wall, it could be a fence, and then I, my cartoon, I said, it could be a shrubbery. <laughs> yeah. Monty Python Monty reference. Python. You know, having somebody else write your jokes for you is always funny. <laughs> A shrubber. That sounds so good. All of the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you very much. <laughs>